When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Hello, everyone. Before we get started commemorating amazing moments in all of your lives, we wanted to say we did an interview, a two-part interview with the Little Faith podcast that we think the Nuance Life audience will particularly enjoy. So go on over to their feed and check out our interview with the Little Faith podcast. Also, if you live in New England, the River Run Bookstore has invited us to an event at the South Church in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We will be recording a live podcast and interviewing Senator Maggie Hassan on Friday, April 5th at 6.30 p.m. So go to our Facebook page, Pantsuit Politics, and check out the event and get your tickets today. We have a beautiful commemoration from Faith to start with today, and we are going to read it to you. It's pretty short, but it's just so lovely that we had to read the whole thing. My husband and I are new homesteaders, having lived on our rural property for two years now. The end of winter and start of spring is rejuvenating. The world is waking up, and so are we. Gone are our carefree winter days of sleeping in, languishing with a cup of coffee or tea, knowing that the hardest task that day was making bread or a hearty soup. Spring on the homestead means finishing all the projects that were cut short by an early November snow and being behind on garden preparations and research on the various animals we are introducing this year, bees and chickens. Now that the weather is warm enough to be outside without fear of frostbite or hypothermia, it is time to work. Mid-March is a pleasant time on the homestead. You start out in the morning with a flannel and by midday are down to your t-shirt wondering how you ever thought 50 degrees was cool in October. The world slowly is turning green again in front of your eyes and you feel lighter than you have in months. You know that hours of tilling and planting and weeding await you and you look forward to the taste of fresh greens from your garden. Despite the welcome of warmth and spring, it is with a small tinge of regret that we look backward at January saying, see you next year. Thank you for the rest you brought us. Faith, can I come live with you? That's my reaction to this. I know I would like a cup of tea and some hearty soup. I would too, <laughs> and bread. Fantastic. And I will come work in the field with my flannel. It all just sounds so lovely, Faith. I also really just like the word homesteader. It touches something very deep within my soul. You know what I mean? I just love the word. I think that a hard part about modern living is that there is something in all of us that Mm -hmm. wants this homesteader kind of life, but we feel like we can't have it exclusively. And so some of us try to cram it in with everything else. And then that's like stressful and miserable. And I like that Faith and her husband are just embracing the whole thing because that's really how you can do it. I mean, all of this sounds so lovely. And also it is incredibly hard work and it is not like hobby work that you do mm-hmm. while you're also commuting 
45 miles to an eight to five kind of job. And then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's kind of a fork in the road here to be chosen. And I love that Faith and her husband have chosen it in such a wholehearted way. I hear all that. Also, I really do want chickens. And so that's another part of this letter that really appeals to me. I can't have them in my subdivision, but I've always wanted chickens. We've been talking about it. So we're in a subdivision, but we bought two acres behind us. (laughs) I always call it the back 40. It's really like the back 1.85 or something. But we have space. And so we've talked about bees and we've talked about chickens. And we're just kind of figuring out what we want that area to be. But I do want to be careful and not decide that we are on the homestead when we are not on the homestead. We are Mm -hmm. still in a subdivision working all the time at other things. And when you dedicate your time to the land and your animals, it is really hard to bring all those things together. It can be done, but it is really hard. And I want it to be a lovely, enriching part of life, not a super stressful one. I just think what Faith speaks to in this letter is what we always talk about here on The Nuanced Life, which is that sort of the hard moment of reset where you get that ending and that beginning and you see the product of your work and you see the beginning of a project and you know it's just instead of this modern monotonous never-ending stretch of days that all feel the same she speaks to that longing we all have for a new season and the days look differently and you understand we're in a new part and this is not going to be forever eventually we'll come back again to January and get that rest but this is what right now is like and I think that is just so I think we need that on a really deep level we do one of the worst moments of my life and I am not being hyperbolic about this was at my I'm desk a hyperbolic one <laughs> I think everybody knows you're not hyperbolic at my desk one day in my first few months of work And I sat back and I had this realization that this is just what it is, that Mm. I'm not going to have a new teacher or a new slate of classes or a break, Mm -hmm. that I was just going to come to this desk every day and sit here and do different things, but basically the same ones. And even as I progressed in my career, I was still going to be doing different things, but basically the same ones. And it was honestly just one of the lowest – I can physically feel it in my body start again as I talk about it. It was so hard to wrap my mind around. I'm so much happier now that I'm like, I don't know what next year is going to be like. I have no clue. Mm -hmm. There's a wonderer in me particularly that needs that. And so the sense of living with the seasons, my work changes based on what season it is, that does really appeal to me too. And getting kind of out of your head – is a big part of it. You can't describe being down to your t-shirt and wondering how you thought 50 degrees was cool in October and actually be like all riled up about the Mueller report in your head. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you are a clear eyed present individual. If you're able to attach yourself to the weather and the, the land in this way. And I really admire that. I understand that being able to practice mindfulness every day is something we all want to achieve. And sometimes it can be really hard when we are overwhelmed with other aspects of life. There is an app I highly recommend, which might help you be more mindful every day, and it's called Blinkist. 
Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to them. Blinkist is made of busy people like you who want to get the main points of the book quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, and to history books. And Blinkist is so nice for me as a way to vet whether I want to dive into a full book or not. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that I want to read that this has been a really nice way to say, okay, I feel like I've got that or I really want to know more. Well, and I refresh on books I've really loved in the past that I felt were really impactful where I'm like, okay, I really need to check back in with that and feel like I'm still connecting to the instructions and the message. That's what I use Blinkist a lot for. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for just our audience. Go to Blinkist.com life to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com life to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash life. We got a lovely email from Amy, who has a 12-year-old daughter with a very similar physical disability to my youngest son, Felix. So now Amy and I are friends, and I'm asking her all the questions because it's incredibly helpful to see somebody who's on the other side of where you are now. And she is commemorating really being on the other end of one main thing, which is the individualized education plan in the public school system. So every year her daughter would get a plan to have individualized therapy within the school day, and that would get modified and necessary. I'm becoming intimately familiar with IEPs. And since her daughter was born with physical disability, which was the stroke in utero and was diagnosed at six months old. This part of the diagnosis and treatment has been a constant part of their life for 12 years. And they are officially completing the IEP that her daughter has met her goals and her daughter is ready to move on from daily therapy, which after being such a huge part of their life for so long is a big, big transition. But she's ready and willing to trust her daughter when her daughter says she's really ready to move on and do it on her own. And so that's what they're going to do. And so she is commemorating this very big transition in their life. I can imagine that there is so much emotion wrapped around a transition Mm -hmm. like this, because when someone is incredibly helpful to your child in any context, you have such a relationship and attachment to that person. And then for it to be a context that was so necessary to that child's development, And to be so happy to be past it, but sad to lose it. I mean, I can just imagine that that's a a really intense moment. Yeah. Well, and what we talked about after she emailed us initially is it's so hard when the therapy becomes such a huge part of their day and the, the physical disability defines a lot of what they're capable of doing. But at the same time, what's really important to me, and we, Amy and I both talked about this, is that I don't want Felix to feel like he's a problem we're trying to solve. Sorry. You know, that's really important to me because he does he does have struggles and there are things he's not going to be able to do. But I don't want that to be the central defining part about him. I don't want that to be the thing that he feels like we're always talking about or we're always trying as if it is something we're trying to fix. It is just who he is. And while I want him to have all the resources, as Amy does 
with her daughter. Like there comes a point where that's his journey and he gets to make the call and he gets to decide how much he wants this to be a part of his everyday life. I think it's amazing that Amy is capable of trusting her daughter. And I'm sure that's really difficult, but I think it's incredibly important. I think what else Amy is really able to speak to is she talks about how the initial diagnosis was so terrible. And in hindsight, she saw that she had a lot of depression and grief. And now that she's 12 years in, she's in such a better place and her daughter is doing well. And she feels so much gratitude for the people that have been able to help her. And I think that's not only important to her, but just as a person who read this email and saw somebody on the other side of it, I think commemorating struggles like that and being honest, like as I look back, this is where I saw depression and this is where I saw grief is so helpful to the people in the middle of it right now. I mean, I think that's why those Facebook groups and listservs are so powerful is because you get to talk to parents on different parts of the journey. And so, I mean, as a person who's benefiting from that right now, I'm so grateful for people who are willing to take a moment and to take a beat and look back on their journey with their children, children who are facing challenges, and say, hey, I couldn't see it at the time, but this is what I was going through. And so maybe you're going through that too. I mean, I th- that's definitely been part of my journey, in part because I took on running for office and being a public servant as we were dealing with this diagnosis. So we were so busy and we have two other kids. It was just a fog. I mean, like I look back and I think, do we miss something? Do we not get them diagnosed soon enough? Because we were so busy and it's just it's so hard to take it all in, but I just have to come to peace with like we were doing the best we were we could at the time, and so was Amy. And to just to give yourself the peace about that is hard, but so, so important. Just say, I've got to absolve myself. I was doing the best I could at the time, and I can't go back and change it. So fretting about it or feeling guilty about it or just recognizing that I was depressed or I was grieving is so powerful. The process of being diagnosed is such a horrible and lonely one. Mm. And I think that it's wonderful that we have all these ways to connect to other people once we've received a diagnosis and are able to know with whom we can find really good support. I also wish there were better ways to support folks as they're going through that initial process. Knowing that something is wrong, but not what, that is a special kind of torture. And Mm -hmm. I think whether you are a parent going through that with a small child or just a person going through it at really any stage of life... Test after test, doctor appointment after appointment being passed from one person to a specialist who passes you to another specialist. It becomes a full-time job. It is just Mm -hmm. not something that we have a good sense of. And all the while, there's going to be somebody in your life who's like, nothing's really wrong. That's why they can't find anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just we're, we're not very kind to each other in that space of trying to discover what's happening with our bodies. And I wish we could do better around that. Agreed. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. With the winter blues coming to an end, it's finally time to get back into a routine that empowers you to feel your healthiest. Give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. Track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Plus, feel good about the good your vitamins are doing. A portion of 
every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. It is so convenient and easy to take your care of vitamins because they are individually packaged in little fun packs with quotes and things like that on them. And it's just an excellent way to get a little bit more into your diet every day. For 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter NL50. That's TakeCareOf.com with code NL50 for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Well, speaking of diagnosis, we also received a very powerful message from Marin, who said that her mother is a farmer with eight children and no husband who raised them to treat ailments with elderberry prayer and a slightly morbid sense of eventuality. (laughs) Amazing, Marin. I just want to put some hands up for Marin's mom right now because that's amazing. (laughs) Just a little moment for her. So she said that when she struggled with what she now knows was postpartum depression and anxiety with her first child, she prayed and told herself this is just what it is to be a mother. And she has memories of her own mother that influenced that. Marin, I think you seem like a delightful person. I love it. Tears and fears were just part of the motherhood package. Yes. Also true. See, this is why I think that I've always said they should list paranoia and anxiety as a pregnancy symptom. Just Ease everybody's minds. Like, this is what this is just a part of it. You're not abnormal. So she says when her second child was born last spring, everything got worse. She thought she was seeing and hearing people in her house at night. She Mm. was struggling to concentrate at work. And eight months of this end, she started fixating on her own death, losing her hair in huge handfuls and feeling dizzy, short of breath, exhausted. To the point that she couldn't even drive safely. So she sought help and she saw her OBGYN and asked for a recommendation for a therapist and got a blood panel and found out eventually that she had Graves' disease. And Marin wrote to us to say that the diagnosis has changed everything about the way she advocates for herself. She writes, I am a teacher, a people pleaser, and a caregiver, so I am not accustomed to speaking up for myself without feeling immediately embarrassed, selfish, or wrong. But I would like to commemorate that I have been bold and self-assured when communicating my needs with my doctors, my family, and my principal. I didn't apologize. I didn't compromise. I told them what I needed in no uncertain terms and haven't wavered. This has turned out to be vitally important to my ability to teach through the afternoon and have some semblance of personhood left for my own sweet children at the end of a taxing day, which is every day spent from 8 to 4 with 26 fourth graders. It is cliche, but it still is amazing how difficult times help us see priorities so clearly. So here's to listening to others' good advice, seeking help, and speaking up for your needs. Amen, sister. It is hard to know, especially with anxiety, when you're in that normal range that you were talking about, Sarah, and when it has transformed into something that really is going to interfere with your life. I mean, I have that struggle. I've talked a little bit before about how I don't trust physics often and will look at a (laughs) shelf or something and think, how are you holding all the way to the things on this shelf? When I was in Scotland and Edinburgh, I kept looking around and just feeling like, this so much city stone. is so, so much heavy, stone. Too much stone. we are going to go crashing into the galaxy. <laughs> it cannot possibly be that the Earth can support all this weight. I mean, I don't know why I have this, but it comes up for me sometimes, and it is very intense when that feeling, like, rushes over me. And it's just hard to know, like, when is that becoming something that is unmanageable without more support? 
And so I get why so many of us experience these things and tell ourselves to suck it up and then later find ourselves in a place where sucking it up is not an option anymore. For me, I have realized with a lot of age and time that one of my big warning signs is those sort of intrusive thoughts. Like I can feel tired and I can feel emotional. I am often emotional as regular listeners of both of our show know. And I can feel sort of an overwhelm, but I've had several times, one when I was studying for the bar and had my first child and another time, probably in the first few months of Felix's life, where I had really intrusive thoughts, thoughts that felt like they came out of nowhere and would not leave me alone. And sometimes they're, they're about all kinds of different things for different people, but I have no, I can, I can now recognize that sort of subtle difference between a story in my head that I'm overwhelmed and tired, which is true, versus, the, I mean, they feel like, like little air attacks. You know what I mean? Like they're just, uh, they're intrusive and they don't go away and they're really scary. To me, that's always a really important line and a red flag for myself when I know like this is, this is something different and I need to go talk to somebody. Well, and I think this is another area where a lot of what you experience is not well understood. So when Mm -hmm. I was reading about seeing an endocrinologist, to me, I see the word endocrinologist and I just take a deep breath because what what can happen in that realm of our bodies is so incredibly complex yeah, and can manifest in so many different ways. And again, I just feel for people who are in the process of trying to understand what's happening. Because if you look at the list of symptoms Marin described, it is enough to feel like you have lost your mind, right? Like yeah. those are the kinds of things that make you think, I am losing my grip on reality. And what a comfort to at least understand that you're not. This is a physiological thing that's happening and there's a way through it and you've got to find some good support around it. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad for her that she mm-hmm. got an answer and then found that answer to be empowering, right? Yeah, Instead totally. of feeling like, oh, I can't operate from this place anymore. Now she can take control again of where she's going to go. So yay, Marin, Yay, Amy. And yay, Faith. Thank you for sending us your commemorations. Thank you for teaching us to recognize the year, to stick it for our kids and ourselves, and to stand firm and empowered in our diagnosis and getting the help we need. Those are some exceptional lessons. Please keep sending us your amazing commemorations. We will be back in your ears on Friday over at Pantsuit Politics. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.